0: Those of us who have responsibility to lead often find ourselves getting overwhelmed with all we need to do. On this episode, five surefire ways to scale your leadership. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 110. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host. Dave Stehoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help people be better leaders through improved communication, human relations, and personal productivity. And I actually think I hurt my mouth during that introduction. I got a little too excited. There had a root canal this last week. Ow! <laughs> but hey, I'm glad you're with me. And if this is your first time joining me for Coaching for Leaders, welcome. I'm so glad to have you as a listener to the show. This is the show about the people side of business and organizations, how to connect well with others, how to handle our communication so that we can reach out and lead and influence more effectively. And I'm really excited today to cover a topic that I think is one that we all run into uh in, in lots of different ways. And certainly, if we have any responsibility to lead others and manage teams, this is something that comes up often, which is how do we scale? You know, it I hear this from just about every client these days is how do I do more, better, faster, and with fewer resources? And by the way, have You know, better results and better quality results. And just about every organization is feeling the pressure for that today. And that's why I'm really excited to be able to introduce this topic. And I'm glad to be able to uh, welcome my guest today. So let's jump right into it. I'm thrilled to welcome my guest this week, Jim Lynch. Jim and I got connected, oh, I guess about two or three months ago. Jim has been listening to this show on Stitcher, and Jim is a director at Cisco. And uh, as we started having some conversations about the content of the show, one of the topics that came up was how we scale as leaders. And I know this is something that Jim's been having some conversation with about his team uh, or with his team uh, on at Cisco. And as we started dialoguing about it, uh, I said, you know, hey, I think this would be a great conversation to have with the entire coaching for leaders community. And Jim, is very gracious to uh, spend a little bit of time with us here on this episode to share some of his thoughts and dialogue and what we can all do to uh, scale our leadership more effectively. So we've got five surefire ways to do that. Jim, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders.
1: Hey, Dave. It's my pleasure. Um, Appreciate you having me on. I'm, I'm an active listener, so it's great to be a part of the show for once
0: well I am thrilled to have you and it's always such a thrill to have people who are members of the community on the show and I'm excited to do that more and more here in the future and uh, you know you and I have been talking about this for a bit over email and uh, and then virtually uh, over the last week or so but I thought maybe we'd uh, spend a minute or two getting everyone else up to speed on just how this conversation started uh how you started doing some thinking about this and what you're team was dialoguing with about as far as scaling leadership, just to set the stage for how the audience might benefit too?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, this actually came about, we had some new managers join our team. And so my manager was uh, basically saying that, you know, as leaders, we need to be able to scale. So um, instead of being an individual contributor, as they have in the past, Now in this new role as being managers, they need to be able to scale and be able to do more and to leverage their teams and enable their teams to do more. Um, So uh, he mentioned the part about scaling, but he didn't go into any detail on how to do it. So I started thinking about this and put together a mind map, which I think you're going to share, and uh, came up with five things that uh, we could use within the team uh, to help the new managers and the existing managers scale and the overall team be more productive. We've got uh, 200 people on our team, and then we also have a large group of contractors that we manage. So it's a pretty big group. And so obviously, we needed to scale. We couldn't do everything ourselves. So this is what came together.
0: And Jim, I know that your organization is facing this too, like I think every organization is these days of being asked to do more better faster cheaper but with fewer resources and 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 the reality is is we do need to scale sometimes when we get when we have those realities you know we're pushing up against
1: exactly yeah that's uh, that's the way it is these days and part of it is just making the the right decisions um, and that kind of goes into the first item which is um, you know, determining who is the best person for the task. Cause a lot of times as a new leader, you'll say, Oh, I'll, you know, when things come your way, you'll, you'll just jump on it and say, I'll take it when in fact it may not be the the right thing for you to do. So the first question is, is this something that you should be doing? Is this something you, that your team should be doing? Or is this something that you should would be better off having another person or another team doing? Um, because a lot of times people don't want to turn things down because I'm a new manager. I don't want to push back. But sometimes you have to. You have to say no and say, look, these are the five things I'm supposed to do. You've given me a sixth. So either you need to take one thing off my plate or give it to someone else or give one of these existing things to another person and I'll take that. So the first thing is kind of a triage of what you're doing and what you've been asked to do and determining whether it's right for you, your team, or someone else.
0: This is one of the things that caught my attention on the mind map you sent me, uh, Jim, originally. And by the way, for uh, for our community, Jim has been really kind to make this mind map available to all of us. So I'm going to have it on the show notes you can download. Um, but this is something that caught my attention right away, Jim, is determining who the best person is for the task. Because I I constantly see leaders struggle with this, and particularly new managers is And I think you've probably experienced this too, Jim. Is that a lot of people get promoted into the role of manager because they were the person who was best at the last job they had, and so Mm -hmm. they are technically very good at it. They've done it well for, in some cases, many years. They're a subject matter expert in some cases, and then they get into the role where they're managing, and. All of a sudden, they are in a position where they could probably do the work faster, more efficiently, and with better results than some of the people they're managing, but it's not their job anymore um and yet yep. they keep doing the work do you do you run into that too
1: yeah and and that's I'm gonna bounce around to some of the other items. but if you look at it under the bubble, uh, you know for your employees, so how do your how do you scale your employees and this is where you know it's important to develop your team and and the next leaders and really uh, do an analysis of who are the people that can take over for what you were doing or that you can enable and give them the power to actually go off and do it and and part of that is trust because um you know sometimes you may think, I'm the best person, I'm the only one that can get this done, but some of it sometimes you have to let go and develop some new people and say, okay, here." This is your chance to step up. I want you to do it. I'll work with you on it, but I want you to, to take this role and, and, and grow uh, your own employees into these into the roles that you used to do so that you can scale and you can go on and do other things and, and be a manager. Um, so trust is a big part of that, uh, enabling, empowering. So you can't just say, go do this. You have to give them the tools or the capabilities or the knowledge on how to do that and then really coach them and work with it. Um, and then the the big thing for me and i actually have a sign on my wall that says no surprises so i i enforce that with all my employees is that um if you're running into an issue or if you you're um having trouble with something or if you're going to miss a deadline come to me early don't come to me at the 11th hour and say you can't do it you couldn't you couldn't uh figure it out or it's not going to get done. I want to know ahead of time so I can help them with it and, and we can work through it. And then also we can do um, any damage control if there's going to be things that we're not going to be able to do. And and another big one is is basically turning lemons into lemonade. A lot of times we have to do that where um, you know it's it's not going to work out but you know we'll work a little longer, and it'll come out even better this way once we're finished. So trust us, that type of thing. So those are some of the things that I try and enable with my employees,
0: yeah, and I think this is one of the mindset changes that a lot of us need to make when we become managers is is really getting out of that. It's not about us anymore. It's how do I mm-hmm. really look at this from the perspective of the person that i'm I'm managing and hopefully eventually leading and and that's that's a tough mind shift uh, change to make for a lot of people and and uh, Jim you've you've managed a lot of people and you manage a large team right now for the people who are able to make that shift sooner rather than later what do you see that they do well that helps them to uh you know really be able to delegate more effectively and to be able to look at things from the other person's perspective
1: yeah it it's focus you know when um being able to focus on what needs to get done versus being distracted by too many interruptions or or too many uh, stakeholders asking you what to do, and then being able to communicate back to uh, managers and to their stakeholders on what's going on. Because it, again, it's if you're just asking someone to do something, if they're not good at asking you questions for example you know you'll say go off and do this and if they say yeah i got it then they'll go off and and they may not understand it and they're they're trying to figure out if they don't communicate back to you and ask the right questions um, and clarify and read it back to you then uh, they may get into trouble and then you may have one of those surprises that you run into so um, i think you know that's another bubble that i have is communicating um, both from the management layer down uh, to the team, but also have the team communicate back to you so that so that your people are clear on the goals. Um, oftentimes things change. So a lot of times you'll say, okay, you know, we got this this stuff is due by Friday, so let's get it done. Um, well, sometimes something will happen uh, and a meeting will get changed and it's now you got two weeks to get it done. So You should communicate that out as soon as possible so they're not killing themselves trying to get it done by Friday. Um, And and that goes with the deadlines aspect. If there are deadlines, make sure everyone's aware of the timeline. If you're going to tell somebody to do something, give them a date that it needs to get done by instead of just assigning it. Um, That way they can help plan it out and they can make sure that they get back to you with the right timing. Um, And then finally, uh, keep track of the metrics. The only way you can really measure anything is if if you're you're getting metrics and and your people are reporting metrics. So they have to get back to you on how they're doing, uh, what's the progress. We do a lot of that here at Cisco from a, in fact, that's, we have this thing called VSEM, uh, vision, strategy, execution, and metrics. So metrics is a key part of everything that we do. And so you need to communicate to your team on the metrics that you're looking for and the performance that you need but they also need to be communicating back on their status and how they're doing.
0: I'm 100% in your camp on on this one for sure, Jim, because communication is one of the big things we focus on the show. And it it is something that unfortunately gets in the way of a lot of leaders. And um and hopefully it's okay if I add maybe a, a couple of things here too, because I was just thinking about one of the struggles that I have when I've communicated as far as getting clear information across to people. Um, the thing that I've struggled with, Jim, is I tend to be more of a kind of a quieter, introverted, you know, tell people things when they need to know them versus always communicating on a regular basis. And one of the mistakes I've made before is that I'll decide something in my own mind, or I'll have figured out something on my own, or maybe with a small group of people. And then I fail to communicate that a decision's been made, Mm -hmm. or that something's happened, or something's changed to a larger group that really needs to know it. And I think on the opposite side, I've also seen it happen where people who do more thinking out loud sometimes over-communicate, where they are mm-hmm. you know, trying to think, well, maybe we should do this, maybe we should do that. And they end up sending a team of people on a project for two weeks that really was just something yeah. that they were thinking of as a brainstorm in their mind. And the the, the other group comes back and they say hey, okay, we got the answer on this. They're so like, oh, you know, I was just, that wasn't something I really needed you to look into. All of a sudden you've spent a whole yes, lot of time. No,
1: I, I see that a lot with VP and SVP level discussions where people will take something that could be a, a comment made by an SVP and they're going off and they're starting up a tiger team on it. And I'm, you know, we're saying timeout, hold on, let's, let's confirm that this is what we really want to do. And it's not just an idea that, that was tossed out there. So
0: hey Jim, I totally uh, agree. On that. Yeah. So how do you decide, Jim, what it is you'll communicate or what it is you don't when you get in front of your people or, or, or maybe running a meeting? Is there a process that you use to figure out, okay, here's what I need to say. And maybe here's things that I want to be careful about. I don't send people in too many directions and, and get people you know, started before we've even made a decision on something
1: yeah i you know we have um, I try and keep people focused on on what are the high level goals that we have within the team, and also what are the priorities because we have we're constantly um, being bombarded with um, requests for new capabilities and functionality that we need to do on our systems, and we don't have enough time and resources and money to do them all so what we have to do is keep the team focused on these are the priorities, these are the people that are funding us to build these capabilities, and that's the stuff we need to do first. Um, then also you've got the user experience, so our actual customers and partners that use our systems, we need to make sure that they they have the, uh, the very best user experience and customer satisfaction. So it's a, it's a balance between... What our customers need, what our stakeholders need, um, who are actually doing a lot of the funding and driving the requirements, um, and making sure that we keep those prioritized. And And we do have to say no a lot of times um, because we just can't do it all. And part of what we go back to is is, and this helps at the corporate level is is we have a pretty good strategy and vision. Uh, in terms of what are the corporate priorities. So we always point back to that, and that helps us get agreement uh, at all levels that, okay, we understand that your scope item is important, but it's not more important than this number one priority that we have from the corporation, and we have to do that first. So there's an, a give and take in a negotiation, and uh, need to communicate that throughout all the employees so that that they don't get pulled into because what t- what happens a lot is that we'll say no to some of our stakeholders say that okay we can't do it in this release but we'll do it in the next one or we'll do it in you know the one after that and then they'll call up their friends in the other parts of the organization and they'll try and get them to slide it in or or put it in uh, kind of undercover. Um, and so if you're not in sync as an organization, if you're not communicating the priorities and, and the goals and everything, then, you know, you're going to end up with a lot of stuff that, um, uh, it, you know, you're not going to be able to deliver, and you're going to have people circumventing the process to get stuff done that uh, is against, you know, what the overall priorities are. So it's, it's very key that everyone's aligned on the priorities, the goals, and, and is focused.
0: It is interesting how much of leadership is really setting that that framework for what's important, and there's that that saying we've I've mentioned on the show before that if everything's important, nothing's important, and so a big part of leadership mm-hmm. is is having the courage to say no. Uh, you know, yeah. we can't go down this path right now because other things have to be important with priorities. So it's it's interesting that you you run into that same thing.
1: And the other, and this kind of goes back to communicating as well, is that. If you do say no, then there is a chance that someone's going to escalate. So you have to get to your manager and their manager and let them know that, hey, you know, I just told so-and-so that we can't do this tomorrow. It's gonna take two weeks. So expect a call from him because he's not happy and just let him know and, and make sure that everyone in your chain of command is in agreement so that, uh, you know, people don't feel like they can go around you and get things done uh, if you know if you say no to them. So that that's the other part of it is make sure that your management chain is aligned as well.
0: Yeah, and that goes right back to what you said about no surprises, Jim. So not even mm-hmm. not just no surprises from you know employees or the folks you're leading, but of keeping your your management team in the loop. And I know when I've done that before for people who've supervised me that you know people really appreciate that, you know, they love mm-hmm. getting that heads up. And then when they inevitably do get that call, they've had some time to think about it, how they're going to have, how they're going to approach that conversation. And it 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 builds a lot of trust uh, and it builds a mm-hmm. lot of ability for us ultimately to be able to influence our our leaders too.
1: Yeah. And it reinforces your, your uh, leadership ability as well, because then they'll push back and say, no, you know, I trusted I trusted him and and what he said, so you have to work with him. So don't try and go around him again. That type of thing. So
0: Got it. Got it. Well, let's look at monitoring and manage and managing because I know that's another part of the mind map here too. Um tell me what you mean by that monitor and manage.
1: Yeah, um we go through periods uh in our team where um you know we have releases, quarterly releases. And so there are periods where things can get pretty stressful as we build towards the go live date. And um, the big thing is to really check the pulse of how things are going. um, and so, and try to help people manage that stress and, and to be there, uh, with them, you know, if, if you're asking them to work the weekend, then you should show up and bring them some, some, uh, sandwiches or something. Even though you you know you can't actually help them uh, with the actual task, you can at least be there for support and and check how they're doing and see how the stress level is, and and that's the other one that MBWA is management by walking around. Um, you know you have to get up and move around and see what's going on and and talk to people. You can't just sit at your desk all day um, and wait for people to come to you. You have to go out there and see. Um, how things are going, what's the climate like, what's the temperature, what's the, the feeling like with the team? Are they still engaged? Are they burned out? You know, that type of thing, and, and what you can do to manage that. Um, and then, you know, coaching and leading. So sometimes they need some guidance, sometimes they need leadership where you actually, you know, sit down and, and help them uh, get things done or, or perhaps. Um, they need additional resources or um, you know, they need help uh, escalating things or whatever. So that's that's where, as a leader, um, they may need some help from you to actually get it to the next level or get things done or help prioritize and make sure that they're not wa- working on things that are not uh, uh, part of the focus.
0: And I notice managed stress here is one of the key considerations around monitoring and managing and, you know, I work with some of our clients who are in Fortune 500 companies, Jim, and I, I'm sure yours is no exception in that you know, people are being asked to do a lot these days. Uh, stress levels mm-hmm. are really high. Deadlines are a constant reality. What have you found that has worked well for either your team or maybe some individuals on your team that's really helped people to keep that stress level under control? Are there some things that people have done that have been really creative around managing that? Um, it's,
1: it goes back to kind of monitoring, because um, sometimes, especially uh, new managers and people will, will try and, and do everything on their own, and they'll get really um, stressed out in terms of trying to get stuff done, working hard, working late, um, and not leveraging other people and not delegating. And that builds up, and it burns out. We had one guy um, that actually was working on a project, and... He, we brought him in to help out and he took over some, some aspects of it. And then um, he was working so hard that he ended up getting the flu. And mm. so now he's he's been out for four days and we're, we have to fill in for him. Um, so that's a case where he was working too hard. Um, he, you know, he wasn't uh, kind of helping to delegate. Now, now, in this case, he was probably the one guy that we've could have done a lot of that stuff, so there wasn't a lot of people that he could have handed off to. But it was a case where he he just got too burned out and um, ended up getting sick. So those are the things that you really need to watch out for. Um, and again, it goes it goes to the monitoring and and getting up and seeing people and looking in their eyes and seeing how they're doing. You know, are they are they completely burned out? Have they have do they have dark circles under their eyes? Are they not eating right? You know, that type of thing. So it's just kind of like your family you have to keep track of your team as well.
0: Yeah, and i think that that's a really strong case for that managing by walking around and and going and having that one-on-one conversation, Jim, cuz you know we can tell sometimes when we're not hearing the whole story. I mean, good listening is listening for what's said, but it's also listening for what's not said. And you know, you can sort of tell when you ask someone, you know, how you doing and they say, oh, "I'm okay." <laughs> and and you yeah. can you can tell something's not right. And i think one of the the strengths I've seen leaders do is they're they're willing to ask the second question, saying, you know, yep. it's it it seems like uh, it seems like you you're 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 you know tired or it seems like um, you know you're you're frustrated right now or you know it could be me but uh, you know is everything okay is there anything I can do to help out and a lot of times asking that second question uh, you know really mm-hmm. will open up kind of to find out more about what's really going on and then what potentially you can do as a leader to either offer resources or if you can't, at least to be present of what's going on.
1: Yeah. Or you, or you can, even if it's not, the person's not on your team, you can go talk to their manager and say, Hey, you know, so-and-so needs some help. Why don't you step in?
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough.
1: Yeah. Cause we have people that are, manage remotely. And so sometimes I might actually see them before their own manager would see them. So it's good to let people know.
0: So we've been through four of the five here. So we've looked at who's the best person for the task. How do we look at this from the employee's perspective, the importance of communication, and then we just looked at monitoring and managing and we've got one other big one on here Jim and I know this is something that is 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 a definitely a struggle in your organization as it is in many is mm-hmm. reduce meetings and meeting time so tell me about that yeah. and how do we how do we do that in a corporate world that lives on meetings
1: yeah yeah any most new managers they get sucked into a lot of meetings um and the, there's several problems with that number 1 is a lot of times you'll get to the point where your meetings are out of control and and you're running from one to the other. And, you know, just as one is finishing up, you're running to the next. So you don't have time to prepare. You don't have time to, uh, you know, capture what was done in the previous meeting and you're already into the next one and you're not prepared for that. And so you're just running from one to the other. And um, you really have to manage your own calendar and, you and get some help with that whether it's through by yourself or with with uh, an admin or, or with working with other people to make sure that you have time to uh, capture what was done in the existing meeting and prepare for the next one because if you're leading a meeting and you get there and if you're late or if you don't have an agenda um, then it's going to be you know of little value to the people that you asked to attend the meeting and then they may not come the next time you call a meeting, or they may, uh, you know, send some word out to other people that the meeting was not worth it and so don't even bother going, that type of thing. So mm. um, be careful about how many meetings you have. Manage the ones that you've got. Make sure that you get the most out of them. And and provide value for people that are in the meetings. Um, the other one is, is shorten, try and shorten those meetings. So sometimes... You know we just kind of schedule an hour block uh, on our calendar, but do we really need an hour? and can we do a half an hour meeting and and fit in two meetings perhaps where you you can kind of get things sorted out? Or if you do have an hour, you don't have to use the whole hour. Try and get done in forty five minutes and then use fifteen minutes to um, finish up the tasks that you had. From that existing meeting and to prepare for the next one
0: so Mm, i
1: I try and be you know i try and be on time for the next meeting that i have because if it's late i from my perspective you're you're not respecting the the persons that are in that other meeting Um, the other one is is we have this at cisco we use it quite a bit is um we do webex meetings and then we have people um, turn on their video cameras because if you're if you're on video, then there's less of a chance of you to be multitasking. So, um, so that means that you'll be a little more focused and you may actually get done with the meeting faster. Mm. Um, a lot of times you get people that are, you know, you'll get 20 or 30 people on a call and they don't have their cameras on and they're, they're listening in one ear and they're, you know, they've got four other things going on their screens. Um, so for everybody, it's kind of a, uh, you know, you're dealing with people that are there, maybe 25% of their brain is focused on the meeting and the other three quarters is on other stuff that they're doing. So with the camera, it, it tends to get you more engaged and hopefully will shorten the meeting so you can get more stuff done and move on to the other thing.
0: I, I love um, that idea of just flipping the video on when you're doing a WebEx or whatever technology you're using because so many of us do have that availability now and you're absolutely right Jim it is so much you're so much more present when the video is there and so much more engaged with the people you're talking with and uh, you and I did that when we connected first on video and it's it's amazing the difference it makes
1: oh yeah huge difference um, and then the last one is is really planning for think time and um, I tend to actually put some slots in my calendar throughout the week where, where I'll actually go in and, and plan for some think time to work on um, some of the analysis stuff that I have to do or to, to work on future projects or to just work on overall planning and timing. Um, because if you don't have that downtime, then um, you tend to get overwhelmed with your, your uh, all the requests that you have or your calendars. Um, or you end up doing it at night at home, uh, just trying to catch up and that takes away from your family time, Um, which I end up doing anyway, but um, you don't wanna do that too often. Uh, And I think the big thing for me is I check my calendar, you know, at night, I'll say, okay, what does tomorrow look like? And I'll, I'll kind of figure out the day ahead of time. And then in the morning, I'll check it again because sometimes things change overnight, things get moved around. Um, but that way you can actually manage your calendar instead of it driving you. And that's another big aspect of this is to, um, you know, the calendar is there for you and you should be able to drive it versus having things just, um, you know, ruin your whole day. Uh, you know, you should have control of that.
0: I'm so glad to hear you speak about Think Time because this is something that is, I think, a real struggle for a lot of leaders. And we've talked about it on the show before that. There's the bias, especially in corporate America, that if you're not doing something, uh, as in on the email or in a meeting, that you're not working, and mm-hmm. and so that think time is just so important to ground ourselves. And I'm wondering, Jim, like, how do you protect that? Like, how do you get keep people from either pulling you into meetings or um, or trying to engage you and say, hey, you know, Jim's got free time on his calendar right now um mm-hmm. do, or and do you run into issues where people say well you know that's not time you really need it's just think time or it's not valuable time um yeah. how, how do you, how do you manage that
1: Yeah um what i try and do is try and get most of the kind of weekly meeting stuff on monday tuesday wednesday so that you know we have usually a series of meetings that take place on monday tuesday wednesday um for various operational aspects of, of the business. Um, and then I try and keep like Thursday or Friday afternoons open for that think time um, because not too much gets scheduled in there. And that way it's kind of a catching up on what happened Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I can you know, use that time to, to do the stuff that I need to get done from those meetings and also I can use it to plan for the following week as well. So usually Thursday afternoon and Friday afternoon are my times that I set aside for those.
0: And do you find that people are respectful of that? And how do you manage that if people try to interrupt that time? Or is there a methodology you found that's worked for you around that?
1: Um, it really depends on the week. So, you know, depending on the time of the uh, quarter or the time of the month, um some weeks are really busy and I have to, um, pack a lot of stuff in there and some, are uh, are less busy, you know, when we, after the end of our fiscal year, you know, the following few weeks are not that bad. So things quiet down, but usually the end of the quarter, things are very busy. Um, and then the beginning of the quarter, there's usually a little more free time to actually work on planning some things.
0: Got it. So it, so sometimes it's being adaptable with what's going on in the business and just serving other people and, and needing to to use some of that time for work or meetings uh, if you don't have that time to spend on thinking.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I, I will push back if, if I really need to focus, I'll push back and tell people to schedule it at a different time or date. So.
0: Well, I really appreciate you making this mind map available to us. So we've, we've hit on all of these areas and this is going to be on the show notes. You can download the mind map that Jim has created here on, you know, these five surefire ways to scale your leadership. And I think this is something that all of us should be thinking about. Uh, Whether you manage a team of 200 or you manage a team of two, these principles apply in all of those situations. And uh, Jim, before I let you go, I, you know, you're a guy who's had a really successful career. You manage a large team of people. You're a director in a fortune 500 company. You didn't get to that role without being a pretty effective at managing your time and communicating and, and, and being an effective leader, so I'm curious, what's something you've learned about yourself along the way that's helped you to lead more effectively?
1: I call it the five P's of selling, and you know, we talk about people are you know, you're you're selling yourself at all times, whether it's you know, selling your your uh, your family on going on a vacation or selling your uh, friends on going to a ball game or or selling the people at work on, on a new project, you know, it's all part of what we do. And so I have these five P's of selling. And the first one is sell yourself as a person. So um, you have to sell yourself as someone that people want to work with or someone that um, people believe in or will follow or will trust. So the personal aspect is very critical. Then you have to sell your product, which your product may be you know, what your group does uh, it may be a service. It may be uh, something that you're building. Um, and then finally, uh, uh, the next T is price. So what is the value of that service? What is the value of it, of the thing that you're trying to sell? What's it worth to that person or that, that company? Um, and then there's politics. And we see this, uh, unfortunately, every day where it's not just you may have the best mousetrap. You may have the best solution. You may have the best price but politics often get in in the way or will surprise you when you think you had it all sewn up, you think you had the best deal, but politically you weren't set up correctly and somebody else got it. And then the last one is persistence. And this is one that I've learned over the, the 30 years of being in this business is that, you know, if you really believe in something, then don't give up on it if you get turned down. Keep trying, keep working on it. Um, and eventually you'll actually get through that if your persistence persistent and, and also people respect that, the fact that, okay, you know, he, he presented this. Um, we didn't give him the green light today, but, you know, he came back, he stuck with it, and now it looks like a better plan so we can go with it. So I think the persistence is the last one. Uh, and those are the five Ps, person, product, price, politics, and persistence.
0: And I'm guessing that it's one of those things, Jim, that you could have four of the five right on. And if you're missing that one of those, that fifth one, whatever it is, persistence or politics, or you haven't figured out price, that the other four don't matter unless you have all five of those figured out.
1: Exactly, yeah. Usually one will get you uh, that will uh, prevent uh, you being successful.
0: Jim Lynch is a director at Cisco. His mind map, which we've got online, Five Surefire Ways to Scale Your Leadership. Jim, I'm so glad you joined me. Thank you for your time today.
1: Well, Dave, thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: We referenced a few times the mind map that Jim had put together in thinking through this topic and shared with his team and uh, brought to us today. And so you can get access to that as well. Jim's been very gracious to share that with us. And so if you go onto the website for the show notes, you can see the image of it, but also download a copy of it. And the best way to do that is to go to coachingforleaders.com slash 110. It's also the place to join the conversation about this show too, you can do that at the comment section at the bottom of that page. And Jim's planning to jump in there as well and join the conversation too. So uh, please do that. And by the way, uh, you can also leave an audio message anytime, not only on this show's topic, but on any topic that we've had on past shows or really anything that falls under the people umbrella of working in organizations and business. So that may be human relations skills, communication skills, productivity, how to handle conflict. If you have a question that you're wondering about and would like some thoughts or some resources on, uh, leave me that message. You can uh, go to coachingforleaders.com slash speak. You can do that from a computer any device with a microphone, and you can leave a message right there. Or you can always call it in, too, if you prefer the phone. That number is nine four nine three eight learn and then, of course, my email address is always a great way to connect, feedback at coachingforleaders.com. If you have a question that might be beneficial to others, though, I'd encourage you to either call it in or leave the message on that speak uh, website, coachingforleaders.com speak, because that way I can play your question and uh, share your question with the rest of the community. Hey, uh, I've mentioned uh, the last couple of weeks that I'm working on this R&D project and looking for a few people to help out. I realized I should say a little bit more about this because uh, over the last uh gosh you know probably over the last month or two it seems like just about every week I get at least one email uh, and in some cases more than one email that goes something like this hey Dave been listening to the show great stuff um, here's how it's helped. by the way, do you have any other resources that you'd recommend as far as courses? Um, you know, things that I could do, other classes I could take, things that will help me to become a more effective leader. Well, I am uh, ready to tell you that I am working on one. So I have begun uh, starting the work of putting together the very first Coaching for Leaders course. It's not going to be available in the immediate near future. It's going to launch in early 2014. I'm tentatively calling this Course 1. How's that for a creative name? (laughs) It's going to have a much better name once I'm done. But just for the the time being, it's called Course One. And so I'm starting work on it. And that's the reason I have been asking over the last couple of weeks uh, for some folks to help out on the R&D with that. And uh, actually, a number of folks have already reached out to me, and I'm going to be talking to a few of you this coming week. And if you are someone that's been a manager for less than two years, um, or even, you know, Two or three or four years, but if you uh, if you've been a recent new manager and you work for an organization that has uh, 25 people or more, and if it's you know 23 or so, that's fine. Um, I'd love to chat with you if you've been a member of this community because the course is going to uh, be targeted. For folks who are new leaders. And I'd love to spend some time just chatting with you over Skype or over the phone for about 15, 20 minutes just to ask a few questions about your experience because what I'm doing is trying to do some good listening here up front to do a little R&D so that I can then take uh, what you tell me and put it into a course that is going to be uh, hopefully of real value to many people here in the community. So if you would like to be involved in that, uh, all you would all you need to do is just send me a quick email to feedback at coachingforleaders.com or on whatever platform you connect with me and just put in the subject line R&D and I'll connect with you. Maybe we'll set up a time to chat and it's a great way for you to influence uh, some some future content that's going to be coming from uh, the Coaching for Leaders community. And I'm really excited to begin putting this together and I will keep you in the loop as things move forward, hey, I wanted to say thank you to everyone out there who has uh, been subscribing to my weekly updates in the last week. Thank you so much for all of you who have reached out. I I don't have this; the system doesn't collect first and last names anymore. I decided to turn that off, so I don't have the ability to thank people by person uh, anymore. But I did want to say thank you for those of you who have made that connection. I so. Very much appreciate it. I do publish a weekly update each week with an article that will give you a booster shot between the shows on how to lead better and improve your people skills and your communications and human relations. If you'd like to get that in your inbox, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. Plus you'll get access right away to my video overview and a mini guide that you can download that I put together on 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others. And there's some real gold in that list. Um, By the way, if you've downloaded that list before and read one of those books, or maybe even more than one, I would love to hear what you've done. And I'd love to even maybe feature you uh, for a few minutes on the show and talk about what successes you've had. Hey, have a great week, everybody, and look forward to talking to you next Monday. Take care.